Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, the leaders begin their final week of campaigning. Each of them has a, a, a big job to do in the final days. You know, Justin Trudeau called the election, hoping he would get a majority government. And a lot's changed during the campaign. He's never managed to uh, get past the criticism and the concern of a lot of Canadians of why we're having an election now in the, in the midst of the fourth wave of the pandemic. Will Jody Wilson-Raybould's new book have an effect on the campaign? These issues that were brought up uh, have been talked about over the past couple of years now. Been studied out in committee, the Globe and others have written on them extensively. They were fully looked at before the last election. And the Conservative Party drops a candidate over allegations of Islamophobic tweets. We're running a positive campaign based on bringing the country together and getting the country back on its feet from an economic and health point of view. And I want people on my team that share that exact same approach. It's Monday, September 13th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Peter Van Dusen, CPAC's executive producer and the host of Primetime Politics. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Mark. Election day is one week from today. Here we go. The final week of the campaign. Yeah, here here we go. Yeah. Uh, and what do you yeah, it, what do you think the final week? Fast. It seems to me like it has been a fast campaign, Mark. Yeah, very much like so. It's, you know, it's gone by in kind of a flash. Here we are in just a few days to go, and uh, lots is going to happen in those few days. Yeah, and what do you think the final week of the campaign will be about? What are some of the clues that have emerged in the last couple of days based on what the leaders are focusing on and, and where they're going? Yeah, I mean, each of them has a, a big job to do in the final days. Uh, you know, Justin Trudeau called the election, uh, hoping he would get a majority government. And a lot's changed during the campaign. He's never managed to uh, get past the criticism and the concern of a lot of Canadians of why we're having an election now in the, in the midst of the fourth wave of the pandemic. So I think he continues to drill down on that message about, you know, the choice at hand. It's, I don't know that he's going to be able to move people past uh, the, their concerns about why we're having an election now. And, and one of the things he probably needs to be worried about is the fact that so many Canadians... Uh, have already voted in the advance polls that uh, are happening again today and were happening over the weekend. So a lot of people have already decided uh, what they think uh, mm-hmm. for this election. So that's a bit of a challenge. But I think he, he needs to continue to sort of reinforce the liberal message of uh, continuity of, you know, the, the plans they have for the economy and to try and differentiate himself between Aaron O'Toole and try to draw as many progressives as he uh, as he can, as liberals can, from the New Democrats who are doing a, a, a pretty, uh, you know, pushing hard to try and prevent that from happening. Uh, you, you're, that's that's what the NDP will be doing all week is pushing hard to give Canadians a reason not to vote for uh, Justin Trudeau, while Justin Trudeau says you need to vote for me to stop Aaron O'Toole. And for Aaron O'Toole, it, it, I think you, you see another week of. Uh, trying to be calm, sort of collected, trying to appear as the uh, as a potential prime minister in waiting, try to offer Canadians a different vision, and you know keep pushing that message of uh, how he's trying to move the party to the middle, notwithstanding who he might lose on the on the fringes. And there's a lot of talk 
last couple of days about losing support to the People's Party of Canada. Yeah, uh, there'll be there'll be some of that, but I, you know, Aaron O'Toole made that calculation going into the campaign. He was going to try and pull the party to the middle and pick up voters there, uh, understanding that some people wouldn't come along for the ride. Yeah, and it sounds as though Peter that the many of the leaders are are focused more on protecting what they've got than going after something else, which is interesting at this stage of the campaign, isn't it? Yeah, I think things have changed a little bit. Uh, if you watch where the leaders have gone and what they've done, it started as a campaign for the Liberals of going after seats. Uh, they they needed to, you know, 15 or 16 seats to get them to a majority. Now, there's been a lot of time spent, uh, yes, still going after some of those seats because they may need some of those seats they think they can win, uh, not so much to try and reach a majority, uh, but to try and hang on to a minority because it, uh, the polling suggests they're going to lose some of the seats they thought you know were were in the bank they thought they were going to be able to hold on to so that's been interesting and i think uh you know for the most part the conservatives while they're in some of those battles in some cases with the liberals mostly in ontario uh, in three-way fights in british columbia they still seem to be you know pressing the case for trying to grow uh, their bank of seats in ridings held by the other parties, which you know suggests a certain level of confidence they have in thinking they're going to hold uh, the seats they already have and they have room to grow. Uh, they think by going after some of these other seats, and the Democrats are doing a little bit of both. They started at the campaign, I think, playing offense, uh, or sorry, playing defense, and now in the last uh, days of the campaign, they're, they're doing some some defense, but I think they're also trying to play some offense, trying to pick off seats that they weren't sure at the beginning of the campaign they might get. What impact do you think the uh, new book by Jody Wilson-Raybould, the former liberal uh, cabinet minister and MP, um, and then uh, and then independent MP, obviously, her new book, uh, which gets into the SNC-Lavalin controversy, uh, what impact do you think that book and the interviews that happened over the weekend are going to have on the final days of the campaign? Interesting to see. Uh, you know, uh, mildly sort of new revelations largely based around the fact that she has uh, she she has she wants to impart to readers in the Canadian public that she took the pressure from Justin Trudeau in those couple of meetings they had in Vancouver uh, she took that as him wanting her to lie uh, about uh, the whole process and what was involved in Justin Trudeau's denying that he ever intended for Jody Wilson able to lie but what I'd say is that any time you're, you're playing defense in an election campaign and you keep getting asked questions about Jody Wilson-Raybould, who's held in high regard by a lot of Canadians, it's not a good thing. Uh, you, you try to move on from that as fast as you can, but the questions uh, may keep coming uh, to Justin Trudeau in the days ahead. So, I, I mean, it, it does have some impact. I, I, the other thing I would say is I think anybody who's already decided they don't like Justin Trudeau and aren't going to vote for him uh, had already made that calculation, maybe based in part on the past comments and the uh, you know the you know the past revelations by Jody Wilson-Raybould. I'm not sure whether people hearing it now, there's going to be a, a you know a big large group of new Canadians are going, oh my God, now that I hear this, uh, I don't want to vote Liberal. I think most people who decided they're not voting Liberal, you know, in part based on uh, what happened between Justin Trudeau and Jody Wilson-Raybould, have already made that decision. Let's talk about the fact that the Conservatives um, have dropped a candidate um, because of uh, comments that were revealed uh, from that candidate's past, uh, that the candidate, Lisa Robinson, in a Toronto-area riding, 
uh, says she never wrote the posts that led to her being removed. Um, these kinds of things, uh, I'm not, I'm not minimizing the impact of this, but these kinds of things happen during campaigns. I'm not sure that was a winnable seat for the conservatives anyway, but what impact do you think that has when, when Aaron O'Toole is trying to portray a different kind of conservative party going forward? Well, I think, you know, again, this is sort of like crisis uh, communication, crisis action 101. Uh, when you find out about it, you hear about the problem, you take action. Uh, that candidate, Lisa Robinson, is trying to say that, uh, look, somebody hacked the account. These were all my statements. This happened to me before in 2018. I've you know, I made a complaint to the police. They can't seem to find the complaint she made to the police. Uh, so it sounds like the, the party's not prepared to try and uh, defend her. She says they've, in fact, thrown her under the bus. And this is what parties do. Uh, and, and I suppose if you're looking for a contrast, this story bubbled up on Friday and the candidate's gone over the weekend. And if you contrast that against what happened with uh, the Liberal candidate in the Kitchener area, uh, who it was five, six, seven days of defending that candidate before the Liberals, before he finally stepped away and the Liberals were happy about that. Um, you know, Reg Sename uh, in Kitchener. Uh, you know, the, uh, so to some extent, you, you move quickly to make these happen, and I think the Liberals learned in that case that they should have moved more quickly in resolving that situation. So you move quickly when it happens. So, how much impact does it have? I'm not. I'm not sure it has a whole lot. I mean, I thought the other interesting thing over the weekend was, uh, you know, uh, having. Uh, Selena uh, Cesar Chavin, who was, listeners will be familiar with that. She had a conflict with uh, Justin Trudeau and she left and was critical of his handling of the situation and the way he deals with women. She decided to support uh, the conservative candidate in her riding, even though she says she's always been a liberal. She said in this case she's going to vote for that conservative candidate. Those are things that you know, uh, may have more impact when somebody within your own ranks decides they're, you know, going to uh, switch sides and vote for the other team. You know, that has the potential to be more damaging. Anything else you'll be watching for in the final week of the campaign, Peter? I, I think just, you know, it'll tell us a lot. I, I mean, watching the polls, you know, it's, uh, it's the old chestnut. The only poll that matters is on election yeah. day, but... Uh, the polls do matter to the extent that the parties, and everybody should know this, the parties do all their own polling too. Uh, so it's not just public opinion polls done by the firms that uh, we in the media all deal with, but the parties are doing their own polling as well. So uh, watching where the leaders go in the last five, six days of the campaign, I think it's going to be really important. It's going to tell you who thinks they're on the move and who thinks they might be struggling. So I'll be watching for that, and I'll be watching for how sharp uh, the attacks and the rhetoric get uh, in the final days, because that will also tell us, uh, you know, who's pushing the envelope as far as they can push it because they think they need to, and uh, who's not. And I think that will tell us a lot about where the campaigns are headed. All right. It's going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, the next time you and I talk on the podcast, Peter, it'll be Election Day. So look forward it to will. that. Thank you so much. All right. Looking forward to it, Mark. Take care. That's CPAC's Peter Van Dusen. For an election that's being held only because Mr. Trudeau thought he could take advantage of this timing, not because it was the time for an election. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the Toronto Star, Jamie Watt argues winning trust, not debates, will prove decisive in this election. Watt writes, as the war rooms gear up for the final week of the election campaign, conservatives and liberals will be working overtime 
to launch one final knockout blow. Those hoping such a blow might have come during the debates are no doubt disappointed. If the debates confirmed anything, it's that this campaign is boiling down to one thing. Trust, an issue that has been perpetuated by continuing attacks on the Prime Minister with questions about why the election was called. In the National Post, John Iveson argues Justin Trudeau is weathering the storm as the campaign enters its final week. Iveson writes, Just as in 2019, the Liberal leader enters the final stretch, having weathered everything that has been thrown at him. He is using his incredible ability to connect with crowds to his advantage. Aaron O'Toole's exposure in the debates does not seem to have worked for him, and he does not have as big a pool of potential voters in which to fish as other leaders. There seems to have been a sudden shift in the fortunes of a leader who appears to have been given the opportunity to build the big momentum in the final days. At the conversation, Kerry Black asks, if all parties agree that we need to end drinking water advisories in Indigenous communities, why haven't we? Black writes, For many political campaigns, committing to resolving the drinking water crisis has been an easy way to show support for Indigenous peoples, without treading into controversial territory. But there are no clear paths or action plans. These election promises span across all parties and highlight areas of consensus. If there is agreement, then isn't it time to stop making it a campaign promise? Let's set down the political partisanship and work collectively on true reconciliation with Indigenous peoples. Now, here's what's coming up on the campaign trail today. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau will make an announcement and speak with the media in Vancouver. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole is in Ottawa, where he will make an announcement and speak with the media. He will also hold virtual telephone town halls with residents of Ontario and British Columbia. And NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will speak with the media in Sioux Lookout, Ontario. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Monday, September 13th. Tune in to CPAC and CPAC.ca throughout the day today for coverage of the federal election campaign. And join me for Have Your Say every weekday on CPAC at 12 Eastern Time. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.